When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Fleet Street Fox column for Monday, July the 4th, 2022. As part of the Disability Britain series, the Mirror's running this week. You're being lied to about disabled people. We're capable of amazing things. I cannot remember becoming disabled. A seizure meant I lost consciousness, hit the concrete with my face, and then spent a few weeks healing and waiting to see a neurologist. He then announced that, because this was my second seizure, I was officially epileptic with a sort of internal short circuit that could either knock me out, kill me, or merely deliver a lifetime of worry. The really memorable bit was when the neurologist asked me what I needed to do to fix it. You're the brain doctor, I exploded, you tell me. It was a bit rude, but then I was a bit unhappy. It's not nice to hear you were born with a flaw that a brain surgeon can't fix, and even harder to accept that dealing with it will be your problem and not his. In part, that's the nature of epilepsy. But it's also down to the fact that in this country, disability is treated as a distant moral issue, a problem we all expect someone else to fix. Which is why people who want you to vote for them tell you they have the cure. It's usually economic and comes in the form of a crackdown on scroungers, work programmes for those in genuine need and an overall budget cut because the real problem with disability, we're all told from the cradle, is how much it costs everyone else. Except what disabled people are and do and are capable of is far more than economic. And what they need is a government that will not crack down, but instead lend a hand. There are 14 million Brits with a disability. Some are age-related, like pensioners with deafness or mobility problems. Some are children, like those born with parts that aren't working right. And 8.4 million of them are of working age with a childhood problem that wasn't fixed, or a problem like mine which arrived in adulthood, and all trying to do the multitude of things other grown-ups do, like raise a family or keep a roof over their heads. Just under 4.5 million have a job. Either their disability, like mine, is mild, or it's manageable. And for 14% of us, the best way of working is to be self-employed, to shoulder the financial risks and fend for ourselves, without the support of employers who are not all as understanding as they could be. When I had my first seizure, I was a mirror reporter, and the editor was very good about my inability to drive for a year. When I had my second, I was freelance, and the fact I had to change how I travelled and lived to turn down some work was no one's concern but mine. Last month, after nine years of temporary driving licences and DVLA wrangles, I finally had my full licence returned. But I could never be a full-time reporter again. The late nights, the airport dashes, time zone changes, stress and poor diet would be as likely to invite a seizure as a crack pipe and a bottle of absinthe. But my health can always get worse. And so could yours. You could have a car accident, an infection or a fall. You could be on the wrong end of a punch, a fungus or a fundamental design flaw. Most disabled people were dealt an imperfect hand, but nevertheless continue to play the game. They go to work, fall in love, raise families, care for others. Many are invisible because they don't have a wheelchair or crutches, but a stoma bag, an atrial fibrillation or mental illness. 
Yet most people don't realise the disabled are also productive. Perhaps that's why 9 in 10 of all reports about disability benefit fraud to the DWP hotline turn out to be false. Maybe it's linked to the fact that those with psychological disabilities seem to suffer disproportionately from the government's fitness to work assessments. It may even have something to do with a study which found that since austerity measures began in 2010, hundreds of disabled people have died, either abandoned or at their own hand, due to the slow bureaucratic violence of a state which has falsely claimed for centuries that the disabled are too much of a burden. Yet the government's own figures show one in five working-age Brits are disabled, an increase since 2014. They're more likely to be part-time and to do low-skilled jobs. Disabilities can be permanent or they can come and go. Every year, 340,000 disabled people leave work, but 380,000 more find a job. That's not a burden so much as a flexible workforce that deserves some damned respect for managing all that while living with things like chronic pain, endometriosis, schizophrenia or learning difficulties. Some employers are considerate. One friend in a wheelchair takes his carer to work. Others, as countless employment tribunals show, find any reason to sack an employee who they don't realise is working harder and showing more dedication and commitment to their tasks than someone who doesn't require the use of a disabled loo. And it is no gravy train. I have a friend crippled by long Covid fighting his local planning department to get a dropped curb outside his house because he can't walk to the end of the road where he used to park pre-pandemic. Another chap with arthritis in his ankles wanted to get a blue badge to park near the supermarket, but no, that's possible only with benefits he doesn't qualify for. A disability doesn't mean you get stuff for free. It usually means you have to fight harder and longer and more expensively than anyone able-bodied has to for the things you ought to have anyway. The fact the DWP hotline is about fraud that barely exists and not offering help says it all. Compared to how it felt nine years ago to be told I was disabled, I'm glad that managing it is now up to me and no one else. I'm lucky to be able to change my work to suit my needs. With enough sleep and not too much stress, which is a major factor in causing seizures, my epilepsy has so far been kept at bay. Colin Trainer was more epileptic than I, but in 2012, as the Tories began their austerity overhaul of welfare, he was ruled fit to work. He was put through the financial stress of having his benefits stopped, then the added pressure of appealing the decision. He died following a seizure, before his family learned his appeal had been successful. Grandad Errol Graham was allowed to starve to death because he was too mentally ill to argue for the help he needed. Michael O'Sullivan and Jodie Whiting both took their own lives, having been told they were fit to work when they weren't even fit to survive such a setback. How many more people would still be with us, playing with grandchildren, maybe even recovering, if they'd been helped instead of hindered? Probably thousands. And if you include the fact 60% of Covid deaths were disabled people, then it's hundreds of thousands. We have our vulnerabilities, but we are not weaker. We have our needs, but we are not a burden. We are, quite simply, you. We vote, we work, we love, we hurt, we exist in bigger numbers than ever before. And with poverty, food deserts, fuel crisis, the cost of living, a damaged NHS and next to non-existent mental health care, our numbers are growing. You may feel fine now, but trust me, that's not necessarily a permanent state of affairs. Older, younger, rich, poor, sick or getting better, disabled people have done and are doing amazing things. They are a productive and driven workforce, informed and passionate activists, and an increasingly important voter demographic. 
So it's a great pity that Work and Pensions Secretary Therese Coffey spends so much of her time defending the Prime Minister's handling of sex scandals and so little defending the disabled, who would welcome the help. But no government will stop cracking down on the people who are a little bit cracked until all voters tell them to stop it. Perhaps that starts now, with the Mirror's week-long series on Disability Britain, by and about people who are not all in wheelchairs and who are not prepared to hide. There have been moments when my diagnosis was devastating, but far more where it stirred me to do better. Nowadays, I prefer to think of myself as more abled, more able to understand and more able to fix what's gone wrong. It would be lovely if all those disabled by an unhealthy belief in their own perfection could do the same. <laughs>